Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to the program. Good afternoon. This is uh, Impeachment Day. Most of our time today will be dedicated to impeachment. Uh, please don't groan. I promise I'll do my best to make it interesting. Did you think that uh, last little tidbit was interesting about Nancy's brooch? Uh, I thought that was, I'm sorry, Speaker Pelosi. I'll be respectful. Uh, that brooch of the, the mace, the symbol of power in the house, she has worn that I've seen on two occasions. On the first occasion was when she, uh, alongside Adam Schiff, announced that uh, there would be an inquiry into uh, the possibility of impeachment. Uh, and then today, on the day when the articles are before the, the House uh, for a vote. Anyway, uh, we're, we're going to step away from impeachment during this segment. I uh, told you also earlier today that I'm going to do something over the next few weeks, and that is get to know the candidates for the race for governor. It's very early, yes. Uh, it's not even yet 2020 when the uh, election itself will take place, but there are a handful of candidates who have made it known to the public that they indeed uh, do intend to file and run for uh, governor of this great state. So I've reached out to all of them and will be over the next little while uh, invited them here in studio, uh, really just uh, for you uh, to hear from them in this new context. This is a new show, live mic here, uh, and I would like to get to know them myself. One of them will be your next governor. And, and we're starting this little series, I guess we could call it, uh, with an entrepreneur. His name is Jeff Burningham, and he's here in studio with me today. Jeff, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, Lee, it's great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. It's exciting. Thank you so much. And if, if I'm honest, thank you for uh, like rolling the dice. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of times uh, you'll go on to a show maybe if uh, you're familiar with the host and they have like an established yeah. uh, uh, career behind them but no it's a wild card here yeah. you don't know what you're gonna get <laughs> well maybe career politicians think that way but i'm an i'm not a career politician i'm an outsider and so i think a little bit differently my background's that of an entrepreneur like you said in, in the commercial break you and i missed uh, some small talk i think i was doing most of the talk and i apologize for that i asked you i said uh is there other politics in your back in your background have you ever been a, an elected official in the past yeah so um i've helped create jobs here in utah i've been building the economy the economy is not theoretical to me as you know lee while you've been gone and as you've come back you've seen that the economy in utah has been revving it's been extraordinary it's been a blessing to all of us in the state i've helped create over 4,000 jobs here in the state over the last decade. So I'm an entrepreneur. My background is in technology, real estate, and finance. So I, that's what I've been doing. Uh, it takes all your heart and soul to do that. Shout out to all the great entrepreneurs in the state out there. It's not easy. Uh, but I've always been politically active. So I've been a precinct chair. Uh, I've been a state and county delegate. And I've helped raise a lot of money for Republican candidates. But I have never run for political office until now. And I think that's actually a very important component in this race. I think we need a fresh perspective. Uh I think we need a new set of eyes. I think we need a politically unentangled leader 
to approach the issues that are facing us here in Utah now. Talk a bit about talk a bit more about that. You say we need to step away from a, a, a politically entangled leader. Have you observed there to be an overabundance in political entanglements here in Utah? Well, not compared to D.C. probably, right? Sure. <laughs> but certainly there is too much. I think political entanglements are never good, and we have too much of it here in Utah, absolutely. We, we are almost a product of our own success here in Utah, and it's not the politicians that have made us successful. It's the people of Utah. It's the entrepreneurs in the state that have made this one of the best economies in the entire country. The success, the secret sauce and the recipe of success for Utah are the people of Utah. And I want them to continue to be represented. Uh, it's important that our politicians listen to the people. I think we've seen that a lot here in this recent tax reform. Uh, you have a lot of angry people that don't feel like they were listened to. So yes, there are political entanglements. There is kind of a good old boy network that's uh, been in charge for quite some time. We will have a chance in this election to stick with that or to make a change. And to me, this election is not about yesterday's ideas or even today's status quo. This, this election is all about the future of Utah, the youngest state in the country. We can make our mark and we can ensure that our children and grandchildren enjoy the same quality of life that we have but we need to do the right things right now we can't we can't keep kicking the can down the road on important issues you mentioned the, the you mentioned taxes and tax reform here in the state of utah let's say hypothetically that you are the governor you're behind the desk uh the the recently passed tax reform bill uh, which passed the legislature uh somehow emerges past any of referendum efforts and it makes its way to your desk do you sign it or veto yeah two two things i'd say to that real quick number one uh I think the people of Utah want a leader in their governor. In, in my opinion, it's less a political position, although I know it's very political. They want a leader. It's, it's about bold leadership. It's about using this bully pulpit. And, uh, yeah, I would, I would veto the bill, number two. I, I would veto the bill. I have not been a fan of it from the beginning. We've been talking about this all of 2019. The bill has improved. It has changed a lot. Uh, but I, I am not a fan of the current bill. I'm not excited about the process either. And so I would veto the bill as the governor. Yes. You had a recent guest opinion piece in the Deseret News. Uh, you spoke about the the tax bill being uh, injurious to small business. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, again, that is the engine of our economy. 99% of the businesses in Utah are small business. And anytime that we add increased burden on them, increased tax, or pull them into the big bureaucratic mess that government is, even here in the state of Utah, it is a mess at times. Anytime we pull them down, it slows down our economy. So I am always and always will be a fighter for the people, a fighter for small business owners and the entrepreneurs. And so that was one of the concerns I had with this uh, latest legislation is that it, it increases tax on small business here in Utah. And I don't think that's a good plan. We need to continue to pump out the best jobs for our children and grandchildren in this state. And we can do that. The entrepreneurs of the state will do that if they are not overregulated, if they are not overburdened with tax. If our government does not slow them down, the future is bright. Thank you. Uh, time is tight. Let me ask you a few kind of rapid fire style questions. How are you funding your campaign? 
yeah, I, I've raised the most money in the race, um, and, and I'm also self-funny. So I've matched every dollar. We've raised a significant amount of money, and then I've matched every dollar, dollar for dollar. And that will kind of continue to be my plan. I have a lot of support and donors, but I will also self-fund. In a how, how do you way. characterize your average donor? Who, who's, who, who's the, what's the cross-section of folks uh, contributing to your campaign? Yeah, what's interesting is they're non-political, right? Not surprised. They're not establishment. They're not political. A lot of our donors are first-time political donors. I think that's great. We need to breathe some new life into the Republican Party here in the state, in my opinion. And so I'm bringing a lot of people that have not been active before or have lapsed and are coming back. I'm bringing them back to the party, and they're excited about my candidacy. We have about 500 donors or so, so significant momentum on that side for us. Where, where can folks learn about uh, about your efforts and your it, desire to become governor? Yeah, jeffburningham.com, or they can follow us on Facebook, Team Burningham, on Twitter at Team Burningham. That's the that's a good way to learn about us. Excellent. We've been speaking this segment to Jeff Burningham. He would, uh, uh, if you would allow him, become the governor of this great state. Uh, this is part of uh, a series I'm going to be doing here on this program, live, Mike. I uh, have spent a good chunk of the last five years in Washington D.C. I'm getting refamiliarized with uh, some of the politics here in Utah, in particular this race for governor. So over the next little while, we're going to be speaking to uh, all the candidates who have declared and those who will declare certainly in the future. There may be more uh, in addition. Today, uh, our guest has been Jeff Burningham. Jeff, sir, thanks, I'm grateful Lee. to you for, for being here. Yeah. Uh, thanks for rolling the dice here on episode yeah. six of Live Mike. Happy to happy to do it. Have me back again. I'd be yeah, it'd be great. Absolutely, I'm sure we'll cross uh, paths. In the next segment, we're going to be talking about gun sales in the state of Utah. We learned recently out of the Salt Lake County Mayor's Office, Jenny Wilson has uh, set out unilaterally, I might add, a rule that would prohibit uh, the private sale of guns uh, at the gun shows here in Utah. We're going to talk to uh, Brian King. Uh, next, he's a state representative who is going to tell us about a piece of legislation he's reviving uh, and intends to introduce in the next uh, legislative session here in the state of Utah. This is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and you're listening to KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.